Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
your Bibles, we'll go to Acts chapter 3 today, and I want to talk today about miracles by the church. You know, there are those in our religious world today that claim that miracles ceased with the apostles. It's called the doctrine of cessation. And even though I personally am a dispensationalist, I do not hold with that particular viewpoint uh, that many of our good brethren do, that miracles ceased with the apostles. I believe that Miracles originated with the Holy Spirit, and He confirmed His Word through the apostles. He established the apostolic ministry in the first century, but it also the miracles continued on through the church at large, and they continue on even to this day. And I want us to go back to Acts 3 today, and we're going back to the very beginning of church history. Last week we talked about Jesus ascending to heaven and empowering His church on that day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls were added to the church that day as Peter got up and proclaimed Christ. A supernatural event, a supernatural impartation. And uh, I believe what was established then was the pattern for what God would have for His church to the very end when we're called home to be with Him. It is still the pattern today. We need to be saved, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and His finished work on the cross, and also be filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered to be a witness for Him. One of the things that come along with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I know this through biblical pattern, but also personal experience, is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those who don't believe or teach in the baptism in the Holy Spirit generally do not operate in any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the gifts of the Spirit come, and we'll see some of that here in operation to today's message, Miracles by the Church. You know, the church is still a place where miracles can take place. A church is still the people of God who wherever they go, they touch lives, miracles take place. Amen? Often we find people within the church, that is you and I, hesitant to pray for certain physical needs. They seem like they're almost too big or too difficult. Or Can God really touch someone who is in a desperate situation? But... You know, I believe that God can. Are we, are we willing to believe Him for the miraculous? You know, today as Christians, we look at doctors and hospitals when we face critical illnesses. We go there first. We're tempted to view disabilities as permanent. We try to get by as best we can. But God expects His followers to entrust every need to Him through prayer. Can I get an amen? Come on. Amen. Each miracle considered in this message today ministered to someone physically while also proclaiming spiritual life to the onlookers. God wants to prove Himself faithful for two reasons. To bless us and to bring others to salvation. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord today. Lord, I thank You for my brothers and sisters that are here this morning, Lord, this beautiful day. Lord, we look to You to speak into our hearts and lives today, Lord. Plant Your Word, Lord, deep into the good ground of our lives, Lord, and bring about the harvest that You so desire from each of us, Lord. Speak, Lord, again to us. Lord, let us hear Your voice. Make Your Word relevant to our lives today, Lord. 
as we know that it is. Father, I ask for the anointing of Your Spirit to communicate to Your people. I can do nothing apart from You, Lord. Holy Spirit, have free reign in each one of us today. And we thank You for doing that. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Miracles by the church. Oh, hallelujah. In Acts chapter 3-1, we'll see the story of a lame man walking. Hallelujah. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. That was about 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. So the man, verse 5, well, let me back up. Here was a man in a situation not too uncommon. A man with a congenital disease situation. He could, could not walk. He was a cripple. He had no use of his legs. Of course, he was alive. He still had to survive, so he had those bring him to the temple. That's where there was a lot of traffic, human people going in and out. People, I guess, that, that believed in God, that he thought he, could, he could, get, could, could reach to their sensibility spiritually, that it would help him to survive. He would beg for food. He would beg for money, for coins, anything to sustain himself in life. But his quality of life obviously was not very good. He couldn't get around without relying on others, and he had to rely on the generosity of others just to survive. How would you like to be in that situation? Oh my goodness, people are not always generous. Come on now, somebody. Here he was looking for help. And, and what, what, what else could he do? He could only long for a dream of, if I could only be like that one, I could, I could walk. If I could only be like this one, I could, I could come in and bring my own offerings. Hallelujah. If I could only be like this person, I could run and play like other children. If I could only be, if only... But alas, I'm crippled. This is my lot in life. I cannot do what others can do. I am in a terrible situation and I must make the best of it. But here he was. One day, the disciples, the apostles, specifically Peter and John, walking into the temple. They, they, they continued to serve God at the temple. Somebody say amen. Yes. They were devout Jews. They were Messianic Jews. They believed in Jesus. He was the Messiah. They proclaimed Him. and They would go there to the time and pray with the rest of the Jews. And I'm certain they would try to convince them of the Christ while they were there. But here they were going in and this man, verse 5, gave them his attention and he was expecting something from them. Can you imagine Peter and John looking over at this crippled man? These new, newly empowered believers, newly filled believers, full of faith, having seen God do miracles. And this was just after, just after Pentecost. They saw God operate through them in a miraculous fashion. And now this young man, they had seen Jesus. Remember, they walked with Him for the last three years and saw Him do the un unthinkable. And this beggar was looking for some money. 
could imagine what went through their mind. How should we give it to him? Uh, he's expecting something from us. And, and Peter and John, just like a lot of believers today, they didn't have nothing in their pocket. How many, how many times have you wanted to give but you had nothing in the wallet? To, come on, man. Yeah, but they realized they had something to give. They knew that there was something more important to give to this young man than financial things. The church today will give all kind of money and write checks and everything else. Kind of reminds me of the the words of Jesus to the Laodicean church. You're rich, you say, and have need of nothing. But I say you're, you're poor. I counsel of you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Anoint your eyes with eyes that you may see. And here, John and Peter, they saw clearly this man's need. And look what he says in verse 6. Silver and gold... I do not have, Peter says. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Amen. Yes, amen. I don't have no money. I don't have no silver or gold on me. And that's what you're looking for. But I got something better than that, son. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. That's what the church needs today. Come on now. We need the power of God demonstrated in our life just like the early church. Somebody said, well, that was just the apostles and, and, and only they could know. Well, Jesus, let me tell you something. Jesus did confirm their apostolic ministry, but I tell you what, they didn't have they don't have what's called apost apostolic succession. I mean, there's only 12 apostles of the Lamb. I mean, at the back of the book, when the New Jerusalem comes down, it has 12 gates, which are for the 12 apostles of the Lamb. But they didn't succeed with 12 more apostles, no. The ministry continued on through the believers that were ministered to by the apostles. And each generation, is the ministry continues through succession. What is the, 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 the great revival of Azusa Street, of, of the well... The Wales Revival, the Kansas City Revival that happened a hundred years ago here in the United States with what we call the Great Pentecostal Revivals. It was just a getting back to the book of Acts. It was getting a return back to the principles based on the Word. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen? We need the Spirit of God to empower us so that we can do the works of Jesus. What did the Lord say? Remember, church, remember these words. Jesus said, "You, the works that I do shall you do also. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He touched the crippled. He cast out demons. The works that I do shall you do and greater because I go to the Father. And He said, what? In John's Gospel, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He'll be with you and in you. You and I can't do any works in and of ourselves. It's the Lord in us. It's Christ in us. Remember, He's the head. We're the body. You and I truly are the hands and the feet of Jesus in the world today. 
to do His work. What works did He do? It's chronicled in the Bible. What works did the church, the believers on Jesus do? Now we're looking at the apostles now, but it continued on with the brethren after the apostles. And it's still continuing on today, my friends, through God's people today. Now, what sidetracks many people in the church world today is what we have in our culture, TV preachers. We have, well, better word, be shysters and hucksters and people looking for money. People exploiting religious sentiment for financial gain. They're making merchandise of God's people, by and large. The real exists, and you can prove the real because of the fact that the counterfeit is so evident. If there was no real, there wouldn't be a counterfeit. Whatever God does, the enemy tries to counterfeit. And we look at religious sentiment today and and, and much of the church world, they don't want nothing to do with Pentecost because they see the wrong example. Hello? They don't want anything to do with the exit because they see the wrong. Unfortunately, the people who claim to be full gospel, spirit-filled, they can't see the forest for the trees. Maybe they need a little bit more word in them. Hallelujah. You get too much spirit, you get what? Blown up. You get no spirit, you do what? Dry up. Come on now, God don't want no blown dry Christians. Come on. Hallelujah. He's already got a bunch of granola Christians out there. Fruits, nuts, and flakes. You know what I mean. (laughs) What God wants is people that that have a heart for Him, that are in a relationship with Him, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by Him to do the works of Jesus. And these men had something to give. Do you have something to give when the unsaved want to draw on your account? Do you have something deposited in you that you can withdraw to give? If you can't say amen, you're going to have to say But we should, amen. We should have something to give. I want to give a story, and this is a true life story as an illustration uh, to my text called Miracles by the Church. And, And We're looking at a lame man here in Acts walking who could never walk because of a miracle. Now I go back to my own life. We tend to look at the book of Acts and as we'll be over the next several weeks as the early church, man, they were just like doing miracles left and right. Signs and wonders were just all over the place. We tend to forget this is spread out over years. Now we're going to look at 30 years in a nutshell. 30 years. Now I look back, my Christian experience goes back 35 years. That's my whole lifetime of being with Jesus. And I have a few instances, only a few, that you can count in my whole life where I've actually seen and experienced the supernatural in this type of way. For real. And and, and let me explain it. Outside of the new birth, now don't give your church the new birth, being born again is the greatest miracle you or I will ever experience. That's the greatest miracle that ever takes place within a human being's lifetime. To have Christ come into your spirit and change you and make you a new creation. That's the greatest creative miracle ever. And all Christians should be able to point to a place in time when they were regenerated by God through faith in Christ. And I know that was a, that turned my life completely around. 
But aside from that, after becoming a believer and, and beginning to disciple and go to church and follow the Lord, I was empowered by the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as a young believer, I ran up against my first lame man, so to speak. And it happened to be uh, my grandmother, not a man, and she wasn't lame, but uh, my grandmother, who uh, I grew up in the, uh, in her home with my grandmother and grandfather, we were very, very close uh, to, to my grandparents. And I'd become a Christian. My grandfather passed away a year later. He, he accepted Christ, and he died suddenly of a heart attack. And about a year later, my grandmother was stricken with cancer. And my grandmother was a, was a heavy smoker for many, many years. She had stopped smoking a year or two earlier. Uh, I remember my grandfather had tried, and she smoked him Chesterfields without a fill. He's three-pack a day, man. He, he, was, he was stoned. He, he was just, I've never seen him without a cigarette, you know. And Grandma would, saw his condition. She quit. But she had smoked probably 50 years, at least. She turned up very ill, got, got worse, ended up in the hospital. They had, been, had done x-rays. She had lung cancer. And one of her lungs had cancer in it. To make a long story short, there, there was a tumor on that x-rays the size of a plum. And they were going to go ahead and take that out. And Grandma was 79 years old at that time. I like I just lost my grandfather. I was a new believer, just over a year in the Lord, just still learning. And I, I, I say this not in pride, but I say this, I just had enough faith to believe God at His Word. I just, if the Word says something, I'm going to believe it. And I remember not knowing anything about religion or anything, just learning. I was going to the hospital. They would operate on her the next day. I worked the old night shift. And we were living in D.C. And I'm driving through D.C. And I start praying. Even when you're praying for real, you're really serious. You know, Lord, I, I don't want to lose my grandma, Lord. I, I pray you, you've got to do something. I, I want you to do a miracle that her body heal or something, Lord. And I'd just been reading that day about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I'd just been baptized a year earlier in, in the Spirit. And uh, God had used me in messaging tongues and interpretation and different things with learning and step out in God. And I, and I said, you know, I'm going into the, walking in the hospital. I'm talking to God. I said, Lord, I, I know you have gifts of healing gifts of miracles, gifts of power and faith. Lord, I can't heal my grandmother. I don't know what to do. She's going to die. That's what, you know. They wasn't wanting, they wasn't wanting to operate on her because of her health and her age. But then they said, well, we're going to have to operate or, or just take, send her home and let her die. So she will go through the operation. Take a lung out. I said, God, you Give me one of the gifts of the Spirit so I can pray for Grandma. Well, something, Lord, I don't know what to do. I, I, I just pray you save her. I went in the hospital room. She was all drugged up. Didn't even know I was there. I sat there at the edge of the bed. I said, you begin to pray. And I just reached over there before I left. I put my hand right on her head. 
I said, oh God. And it was like, boom, boom. I said, God, touch my grandma, heal her. Take this cancer out of her body right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I don't know what it is, church. I just stepped back and I knew it was a done thing. It was like he had dropped the gift of faith in a young man who had very little faith. I had faith, but it wasn't that kind of faith. But he dropped that in my spirit and I said, it's done. Went on to work. Shouting and praising God. Grandma just laid there. I don't, you know, come home and uh, went to sleep. Got up the next day. It is in the afternoon. I'm sleeping and working that graveyard shift. My brother calls me up just, just, just Grandma's, Grandma's coming home. I said, well, how did the operation go? She didn't have no operation. My, they took her down for preliminary x-ray to, uh, they said there was no tumor there. It was gone. God gave that woman ten more years of life. Ten more years of life. And that was a miracle. Our whole family would have been totally grief-stricken at, at that time. And of course, she did pass away and uh, she died of uh, pancreatic cancer. Point of the matter being, we're not the healer, it's Christ who's the healer. But we believe, we allow ourselves, church, to be a conduit for God's power and His Spirit to touch others' lives. And, and, and just to have the faith to believe. You know, Jesus said, you have not because you Ask not. And at that, I just said, Lord, I need a gift of the Spirit or something because this is beyond me. You, you know, God, that you would touch it and bam. That's supernatural. I mean, cancer doesn't disappear from people's body. They got it on film. You know, it's like, we don't know what to do here. You know. And, uh, Grandma's life was extended through a, a miracle of God. See, the church still does miracles if God's people are willing to step out in faith and just believe Him. I say Amen. Amen. Now, I wish I could say every person I prayed for. Because I've done it over and over again. A few years later, my wife and I got married. She had a grandmother that was still had the same, basically, emphysema in the hospital. I got in to see her and I went in to see her. And she could hardly even breathe. She was couldn't even speak. We had visited her before and she was on an oxygen tank but still was able to she had gotten down to that, went in the hospital, and all I could do was quote her revelation and say, say Grandma, you're going to see Jesus in a few minutes. You're going to see Jesus. Do you know Him? Uh-uh. Do you want to know Him? Uh-huh. I said, this is what you pray. Lord, come in tomorrow. Walked out the room. She dropped dead right there. Bam. Do I wish I could have laid hands on her? Right? Yeah, but it... it, it I turn it. I, I would turn it on and never turn it off. Hello. But God is sovereign. It, it, it's according to His will and His way. You say, "Well, is it God's will?" Some people get healed. Some people don't. No, no. It's God has a, a way that He operates, and we have to understand. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. The biggest question that was for her life, are you ready for Jesus? Now my grandmother, as she went on to be with the Lord, she was saved. Her grandmother was not. So what would somebody say, you you and I heard saying to track people, you know, I don't even know why. I don't believe in deathbed uh, 
conversions, you know, that's something they do. Well, honey, I do. <laughs> I do. I don't, I, I, whenever you go. Now, I wouldn't wait till I'm on my deathbed, amen. You don't know when your deathbed's going to be. Exactly. So why wait? Now is the time. But God saved that woman, and we walk, walk out there and heard the nurse come right in. She's dead. That's how close it was. Oh, that's it. Amen. But the miraculous is there. God does the miraculous. I'm getting off point here. But we see a dramatic healing. And it was done in front of a public that saw what God had done. Somebody say amen. Acts chapter 5. Let's move on. We'll see the sick being healed. Acts 5.12 and uh, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. So here, Jesus was still testifying of His resurrection to the Jewish people, by and large, through the church, by doing miraculous signs and wonders. You know, God's still doing that again today. I gave you an example of something that took place in my life. I look at and hear from missionaries around the world some of the things God is doing to a people uh, that are hungry for God, that are looking to Him. God is still confirming Himself to people who are willing to repent and look to Him. Yeah. You know, we look at America as sort of like that hometown that Jesus came from. You know, the Bible says that He couldn't do any miracles there because of unbelief. You know, we live in a skeptical world today, a, a, a nation of unbelief. And people just don't go believe that the miraculous can happen. And therefore, it doesn't happen. You know, faith has to come by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We've got to preach God can heal. We preach He saves. Come on now. Does He, does he heal? Does He deliver? Does He... Yes. Yes and yes. Oh, hallelujah. He does all of those things. Hallelujah. And He does it. Notice, it was the apostles performed... Many miracles, or the miraculous. The apostles did the sign. It was God in them. You and I must be willing, like the apostles were, to be a vessel for God to operate through. Again, we're His body. We're His hands. We're His mouthpiece. You know, God doesn't come down as a spirit out of the sky and just start talking to people or start laying invisible hands. No, He uses the church. His body. Somebody say amen. amen. If, if He doesn't use us, he, he can't use anybody. Why aren't there many miracles and signs being done today? Because the church is not... Spirit is willing, but the... Flesh is weak. That's it. Somebody goes, I, I don't know what people think if I just prayed for a miracle for somebody right here in the public. Uh, why not? I've done it before. More than once. God touches for heal him in Jesus' name. They're walking in the company. Going up to the president of the company. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless this man. Touch him, Lord God. Hallelujah. People all around. Be calm secure. <laughs> I've had that happen, sir. I had that happen. I had security call me in the hospital one time. I did. I was praying for people, and God was touching people. And I was on like my third room. I, I'm like, well, Lord, if it's working, I'm going to keep right on going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Thirdly, there's a guy on the room fourth. You need to escort him to the... See, the devil don't like that stuff. He don't want that. People get saved. People get blessed. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Look for verse 14 there. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So signs and wonders have a place in the church. When the sick are healed, people see it. People can come to faith in Christ. People are drawn to the Lord by the miraculous. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we have people just coming for the miraculous. God doesn't want the church to be a circus. It's not a circus atmosphere, but we're here uh, in the business of reaching people's lives, both physically, the physical sick and the spiritual sick. Somebody say amen. amen. I'll tell you what, a lot of times you fix the spirit in a man and the physical will take care of itself. Come on now, that's good preaching. Yes, it is. You, you fix the spirit of a man, everything else will come in line. Come on. We, we are our biggest enemy. We, we make ourselves sick. We make ourselves ill uh, by living a, a lifestyle that's not pleasing to the Lord. Amen? So we get right with God and then the other fall in line. But sometimes people need help in the body. They need a healing. They need to be delivered. Somebody say amen. Amen. And that's what we're here for. We carry that same message, amen, that Jesus came to carry. And as we do that, more and more will be added to the church. Verse 15, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at very least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. So, it says in verse 16, look at that, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits or demons, and all of them, not some of them, all of them were healed. Hallelujah. You talk about a, a, an early church on fire for God. A church that had the passion of the Holy Ghost. A church that had the vision of Jesus. A church that, that was moving in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. A church that had the Spirit of God igniting them and uniting them in purpose that was actually doing something for God that was turning their world upside down. And people couldn't deny that. They said, man, we want to be a part of that. They began to bring people in. Now what happened after these events? Sadly enough, persecution began to come in on the church. You know, was that something that was going to snuff out? That's what the devil wanted to do. He wanted to snuff that out. He wanted to stop that. He wanted to stop people from bringing their sick and getting them. He wanted to stop the demons from being cast out. He wanted to keep people in bondage. So he began to persecute those believers. But instead of it just being a Jewish thing right around the temple, notice it was there in Jerusalem, Persecution began to scatter them all over the... And then Gentiles started getting saved, started getting healed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, church, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. When the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Yes, hallelujah. That's maybe what we need a little bit more of today, a little bit of persecution. I'm here to tell you today, it's coming, church. It's here. It's here now, if you name the name yes. of Christ. But it's nothing to be afraid of. We need to stand tall, stand firm, stand on the Word of God, be empowered by the Spirit just like the early church was, and, and hold our heads up high and proclaim Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Salvation and healing and deliverance is still in Jesus. Yes. Glory to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. I'm going to proclaim Him with my last breath, church. Come on now. Jesus. Hallelujah. Notice he 
They, 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 they had such power and anointing. They were just looking for a shadow to hit them. Man, we'll be healed. Remember the Roman centurion? Lord, you don't even need to come under my roof. Just speak the word, and I know my servant will be healed. Hallelujah. Word travels fast. They know. I don't know. They, they know when somebody's moving in power. You want to get around that person? Come on. They're moving in power. I want to be around that. It might rub off on me a little bit. I want to get around. Don't hang around people that are old, dead, fish, dead fish kind of religion and don't have no a stick. Don't have no faith. All they do is talk in unbelief all the time. I don't want to hang around that, do you? Uh-uh. Man, they'll drag you down quicker than a, a weight around your neck. Get around somebody that believes God and believes Him at His Word. You know, well, bless God, you know, the signs and miracles, they passed away with the apostles. And that's why you're dead too. Preacher, come on. <laughs> well, you know, now, you know, we, we stand up here and we talk about the miraculous. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Hey, who's going to stand up and show what you just saw this morning? Come on. Well, you know, we can't talk about that because, you know, that we don't know if that fits in. The... Man, you'll get run over by a Mack truck and then realize you got run over after it happened. You know, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to look. I, I'm going to believe God's word, literally. Yes, Amen. I've heard. I've heard people. Well, you know, the sun will be dark in the moon. No, that can't be what this this tetrad is. That, 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 that. You've got no faith at all. What did Jesus call empty empty sepulchers? There ain't nothing inside. Dead men's bones. Get away from that. Lay hands on the sick. That, 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 that don't happen today. Oh, you don't believe in the baptism? Oh, I got all that when I got saved. Got everything. Well, you know, I believe in the baptism, but you don't have to speak in tongues. It's like they write their own Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what, and they even tell you, "This is what I believe." Well, I don't care what you believe. What's he saying? That's right. Amen. <laughs> he will be judging you. <laughs> What's this word say? Well, I believe. No, I don't want to know what you believe. What you believe is unbelief. <laughs> Let's get to the word. Amen. As a result of their faith. The gospel was spread. People began to hear. You know, when something good is going on, people get in on that. They want to get in on that. Now, you know, the only folks going to these healing ministries today are people looking to manipulate God. You know, it's like a, a pyramid scam. You know, you get in on, you know, I'll put in a little seed, but I'll get a whole lot back. They just follow in the flesh, man. They're not going to really meet with the Lord. They're following. Most of the church world knows that they call it for what it is. But here, this was the real deal. This was a genuine article. You know, I had a, this is my second illustration. I had a printing business for some time in the Washington, D.C. area as a young man. And I hadn't been in business very long when I had these two gentlemen 
I say gentlemen because they came in the front door one morning and they had on London fog jackets, you know, like the and they handed me the card. One fella had it was two guys dressed just like I right out of a James Bond movie, man. They handed me the card, I'm so and so from the FBI, and I'm like, Yeah, I believe that. You look at you look FBI to me. What can I do for you? Well, there's been some counterfeiting going on, and uh, we want to check your business out. Is that all right with you? I said, Well, most certainly. You want more than both. Now, back in those days, 25 years ago, or so they you had to have a printing press to counterfeit. Now you could probably do it on a copier or a digital machine or something. But back then it was a printing press, and I had like seven of them in the back of my shop. And I said, man, go ahead, y'all, you know, I, I do, I haven't been counterfeiting. And they took their time, went through, put them, look up in the tiles and everything, man, in the offices, bathroom, everywhere. We didn't see anything, thank you, sir. We'll get back with you if we need to come back through or not. I said, okay. And, and to make a long story short again, you know, months went by, maybe a year went by, I forgot all about it, didn't think nothing of it. I had one of the repairmen in the area was coming to work on my press. He, was, he finished up the press, get ready to leave. We're making small talk. I had to pay him his uh, big check to come in and do his thing. And uh, he, he said, yeah, I was in Florida. And uh, he said, guy had the same press you got. It was, at that time, pretty rare because there wasn't very many of them still being used in circulation. It was an old machine. And, and I was down there in Florida working on the press. He said, man, I look up on even on the press in the back cylinder. There was a perfect imprint of a $20 bill. I said, whoa, really? He said, oh, yeah. I said, what did you do, Charlie? He said, uh, he said, man, I went out and I called the boss up, told him, I said, man, this guy's got a $20 bill on the back of his impression cylinder. Perfect, perfect uh, impression of one. He said, well, you just finish up your job, get out of there, leave it on there, and get, get out of there you know, as soon as you can. He said, I went out late. I said, what, what happened? He said, well, the boss called the FBI. And they went in there and busted him. He was counterfeiting. All, that was the 20s the guy was looking for when it was come through my shop uh, six months or a year earlier. Somebody in Florida was doing it. And I asked the guy when he was there. I said, I said man, how do y'all know what's... Y'all, how do y'all know what a counterfeit really... I mean, do you study counterfeits and stuff? And then looked at me squarely in the eye. He said, he said, man, he said, we don't look at no counterfeits at all. He said, we spend hours and hours looking at the real currency. He said, we know this currency so well that when the counterfeit comes along, we can spot that just like that. And I thought, Holy Ghost, that's how believers ought to be with the Word of God. Come on, man. Hallelujah. So that when we know the Word of God so well, when some false preacher or teacher comes along, we spot that right away. That ain't right. It's called discernment. Amen? Instead, folk will be studying all the false and they get all that false inside of them and when the real comes along, they don't know what the real is. You're like, wait a minute, let me dump all this bad info out of you. <laughs> and now let's get the good stuff inside. Come on. Oh, come on now. You're not working with me now. Amen. A lot of, there's a lot of counterfeit out there. 
in the spiritual world. We need to know the genuine so well. That's like, you know, you could talk about one of my children, but I know them well. And if something doesn't fit their character, I said, I don't sound like, why? Because I know them. You know, some people say so many crazy things about Jesus. I'm like, I don't sound like the Jesus I know. Why would Jesus uh, or the apostles have to take up five offerings in one service? Why would Jesus need to fly around in a $70,000 jet? I guess some of his followers don't ask that same question. Hello? <laughs> P.T. Barnum has something to say about that. There's a sucker born every minute. Moving on. We've seen a lame man walking, sick being healed, demons coming out of people. And thirdly, we see a dead woman raised to life. We flip over to the right to Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Oh, hallelujah. Now what a testimony here. Tabitha, or Dorcas in the, I guess that's the Greek, I'm not sure. Verse 36 of chapter 9, And in Joppa there was a disciple, that's a follower of Jesus, named Tabitha. Now this is ten years after Pentecost now, okay? A whole decade has gone by. Tabitha, whose name was translated Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. Isn't that a good thing? She was doing good, helping the poor. She was making an impact through her life. Her life was exemplary, and it was a life of service. Amen? That's what God calls us all to, to, to a life of service in God. In verse 37, about that time, she became sick and died. Her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Now think about that for a moment. Here's a girl, a servant of the Lord, a woman living for God, making an impact in her community. She got sick and died. Those things can happen. Hello? Part of life. Well, can God change that? Can God, I mean, man, that death is, that's final, isn't it? Man, when we die, that's it, it's over. Well, evidently she was so well loved and beloved in her community that the saints were grieving terribly over her death. And of course, I believe in this passage that Peter, uh, who is the one who responds, he was really prepared for this moment by the Lord Himself when the little girl died during Jesus' ministry. You remember that? And Jesus put out everybody except Peter, James, and John. Although, He was prepared for this moment in His ministry. Just how far would His body be able to go in the ministry? Could they do the works that Jesus did? Yes, they could. And we're going to read about it right here. Look at verse 40. Peter sent all of them out of the room, and he got down on his knees and he prayed. If there's anything you can do, 
uh, when a situation seems to be bigger than you or out of control or out of your, your ability, you can get on your knees and pray. Right. Hallelujah. You can always talk to the Lord. Amen. And he said to this woman, I, I, I don't believe he was praying very long. When the Lord spoke to him, say, Peter, this is it. This is what I was prepared you for right here. You're going to do just what I did. You go ahead and do what I did, Peter. You saw me do it, now you do it. Hallelujah. The Bible says, turning upward toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa and many people believed on the Lord. Here this woman got a whole chance, a new life. It was a new witness now of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to those she would come in contact with. Even death could not hold back God's purpose and plan for this one woman's life. Peter was there at the right time. All he did was obey God. What he saw, remember Jesus in his ministry, he said, I don't do these things of my own accord. I only do what the Father shows me to do. And here was his church, a man of faith, Peter, a follower of Jesus, prepared by Jesus for this moment. Saying, Lord, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? He said, Tell her to get up. In the name of Jesus, get up, Tabitha. She sat straight up. He took her by the hand. Hallelujah. How do you think that family felt at that moment? See that girl come back? Alive. Glory to God. Jesus Christ is Lord over all, even, even death. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. And His church will triumph as well. Because He's in us and we're in Him. Hallelujah. You know, we look at these miracles and really there's no personal need that's too great that we can commit to God in prayer. Nothing that happens in our lives. Nothing that comes our way. Our faith should be encouraged when we read these Scriptures and realize that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We, when we realize that He has never changed, God still operates in honors faith. We can miss things when we focus exclusively on our own needs or on others' physical needs because each of these miracles here were designed to give maximum exposure of the Gospel. The miracles didn't just benefit the person. They propelled the Gospel forward in those areas. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't see too many miracles happening because we're in a society that's by and large rejected the Gospel now. We're living in the aftermath of the supernatural. We're living in a time when people are skeptical. They don't want to believe. But here's the people that were hungry for truth. I remember a time in my life when I was hungry for truth. I remember many, many times praying, God, I want all that You have for me in my life. I want, a, I want it all, Lord. I want all the gifts of Your Spirit. I want all. You have people today like, well, I don't think I want that. Well, honey, don't worry. You won't, you won't get none of it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
You know, but I, I'm hungry for God. And, and thank you, Lord, that you've shown me miracles. You've shown me signs and wonders in my life as a believer. I don't need to read them in the book and say, wow, I wish He would do that. I've seen these done in this world that we live in presently. And I know God wants to continue to do it in the world we're in today. He still wants to do this today. It, people are the only ones standing in His way. People. Unbelief will stop God from moving. We want to pray for people. We want to see needs met when we encounter people's lives physically and spiritually, but we need to point the lost to a living Savior. That's His greatest desire, to eternally salvage people who are dead and dying. Even as He miraculously restores health and life to their frail bodies. Let's stand this morning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.